Welcome to episode 41. This week is all about boundaries around the holidays. So whether you struggle with overspending, if you just think about the holidays and dread them, like I talk about in this podcast, or if it brings up a lot of family issues, listen to this episode. I'm also going to do a workshop with Georgia, who's a guest on this episode. It's Georgia McCusker at The Raging Therapist on Instagram. Her and I are going to do a boundaries workshop a full day in Regina, Saskatchewan on November 11th, where you can really start to figure out your holiday boundaries and be really intentional about the holidays, which is going to set you up for better boundaries in, in all of your relationships and in the other parts of your life. So give this a listen and enjoy. Okay, okay, so let's talk about, we're going to talk about those seven types of boundaries. But before that, I want to talk about something that kind of came up for me around the holidays and like thinking about the holidays, because I think that that's the thing that's going to keep people from like coming to a workshop or from like actually looking at their holiday boundaries. So even from doing all this work, I was really thinking about the holidays and I was like, when I think about the holidays, how do I like how, what, what feelings come up or like, am I, you know, like we're supposed to be looking forward to the holidays and it's like the most magical time of the year and all of that other stuff. Right. And I was like, when I think about the holidays, I just dread them. That was honestly the feeling like there was like dread and then like deep loneliness that Mm -hmm. comes up too around it. And then just like thinking about them and being like very, I was really thinking that like, as you know, someone who tends to not have boundaries or like historically has had not no boundaries, like with lots of past Christmas experiences, it was just this sense of chaos also because like it's like I can't control so much of it was around like the scheduling and like I can't like I don't know I can't plan for Christmas because I don't know what other people want to do I don't know when you know like I think even this Christmas I was thinking like my son works away sometimes and so I'm like well will he be around will he not be around well and it just feels so chaotic But then there was also this sense of guilt about it, right? About like, oh, I don't want to talk about hating Christmas because I don't want like my sister to listen to this and her to be like, oh, Robin doesn't like me or she doesn't like the family or like, you know, and so I'm just like, oh, man, this is why people have shitty Christmases because it's like you, I, you know, my brain doesn't even want to look at it and bring it up. It just wants to like get it over with as soon as possible the whole Christmas season which is (laughs) terrible right so that's what I think we want it like that that'll kind of be like the focus of our workshop is like figuring that stuff out for people right and being like how do we go from like my feelings of Christmas where it's like I don't want to do Christmas to like really actually like what do I need to do to actually enjoy the season or not hate it at least right? <laughs> like ah. That's where I'm kind of at. Cause you don't have that same guilt around it. I think with the family and stuff, right? Like you're better at just, well, I don't know. Do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have, I don't. So I was just saying to someone the other day, like, I can't remember the last like family Christmas I had. I was just like, you know, when my parents died, it was just sort of like, no, fuck you. Fuck going to Christmas things. And I spent either Christmas is alone or Christmas is traveling. And I didn't care what anybody feel like, oh my God, you're spending Christmas alone. I'm like, yes, I've spent Wait. yet another day by myself. <laughs> but did you spend it with your husband, Luke? So you typically not like that, it, unless, <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder, <laughs> this is why we had to do video because I just didn't even realize that 
like maybe I, I, yeah, I just thought that then when you said you didn't spend it with your family, I was like, oh yeah, with your like extended like siblings and whatever. But I thought with, cause you like with Luke, you've been with Luke forever. So I was like, oh, you spend it, but you just did your own thing. Yeah. So like for a, like, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing is like, you know, it was interesting when you were like, oh, I don't even want to talk about not liking Christmas around my sister. Cause then she'd be like, oh, Robin doesn't like me and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's interesting because we put our own sort of projections on other people instead of assuming that your sister might be like, oh, like Christmas just isn't Robin's thing. Or like, oh, like, tell me a bit more about that, Robin. Or like, you know, like being interested in your experience as opposed to just immediately making assumptions. And I think people do the same thing around like any major holiday, but especially Christmas. And, you know, for me, when I was like, I remember one year, I can't remember it was the first or second year after my mom had died. And Luke's family was getting together for Christmas and Luke was like, well, I kind of want to go. And I was like, yeah, go, I'll just stay at home. And he left to go have Christmas with his family. And I just stayed alone and ordered pizza and I ate pizza like on Christmas. And people were like, oh my God, like you're alone on Christmas is so terrible. And I was like, it was exactly what I wanted. Like it would have been a nightmare for me to go and sit with my husband's family and watch all of them be together and all of them be happy and be like, wow, this will never be me again. Cool. I'm going to just really suffer through this and, and you know, whatever. And if I had worried about all of the judgment and like his family had some things to say about me not coming, but that's not my business and um, they can be mad about it. And I still got what I wanted. <laughs> it's sort of this like, knowing like you said kind of being able to even know that there's a boundary there so that we can enforce it yeah yeah so okay I think you know when you were saying it says so much about the relationship because I made those assumptions about my sister but she's actually someone I could call and talk to about it and to be honest she would probably feel the same way as me (laughs) like if I'm really you know like I've put that in my head but like I could totally and you can't do that with everyone for sure but like my sister I definitely probably my my brother too I could but I'm a bit closer with my sister like we could probably have that conversation but how did you um like not so I think the thing is I'm thinking about the loneliness side because this is what I had in my head of like, and this is what happens when we do boundaries, right? As we go, we tend to go to extremes. So it's like no boundaries and I'm going to do what everyone else wants and I'm going to wait for their schedules. And I don't know what's going to happen because I have to wait around for them and I can't plan. And it feels very not good. Or I'm like, I'm just going to sit at home alone by myself and be lonely because that that's what I think, you know, that's, that was my like other, because it's like, I think when I've done that before, when I've been home or especially when I've been single at times, like in the past Christmases, it's just felt really lonely. Right. right? And I think we think, you know, when we think about boundaries from like an action thing of like, what are we doing? That's what it feels like. But you checked in and were like, oh, this is what I actually want. How did you know that you wanted to stay home? Like, how do how do you even start figuring out what you want for Christmas? So I think for me, there was a lot of like really being in tune with how I felt leading up to Christmas. So like one Mm. thing that I've always, always kind of struggled with is 
you know, and this has to do with my attachment style. It has to do with the way I grew up. It has to do a little bit with like the childhood trauma and, and the CPTSD and stuff. So acknowledging those sort of those pieces and how they play in here. But um, I noticed that whenever we were around someone else's family, even when it was really well-intentioned. So like when my friends would like invite me over and be like, you know, like come hang out with my family, blah, blah, blah. And then I would I would sort of experience this thing where like they would all be together and I was like one of them around the table, but there was this distinct sense of like, they're they all together. They have their parents, they have their siblings. They sometimes have grandparents, you know, with Luther's great grandparents. And I would just feel angry and jealous and resentful. And I was like, man, if I'm feeling like that at like, like, we went over in the summer for a birthday or something like that. And there was like 20 of them and they took this photo and it was like four or five generations. And I just remember like looking at them, taking this photo being like, fuck you. Like I, I'm, I hate you. I'm so like, I was jealous. Right. It was sort of like, Oh, I'll never have that. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, why would I set myself up to manage those feelings on a day that already has a lot of societal tension around it right then a day that it's supposed to be it's supposed to be really meaningful and really this and really this and it's like every you know it celebrates this and this and this and 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 so it was a checking in and paying attention to how I felt around things that would be similar to the way they would be on Christmas and really honoring that part being like I don't want to have to manage that I don't want to have to be sitting around in a Christmas dinner being like it's okay that you're mad it's going to be fine. You just have to get through this. Like, why would I, why would I set myself up for that? And I also knew that like, I have friends where if, you know, at six o'clock on Christmas night, I was like, this is the wrong choice that I could call and be like, I'm coming. Right. Like I'm, and I did not but I left that door open to be like, first of all, a decision I make doesn't have to be final the right person is going to let me come at any point. The right person is going to be like, yeah, come at four. If you change your mind, come at nine in the morning. If you change your mind, come at like 8 30 PM. If you change your mind, right. The right person's going to let me change my mind. Yeah. And, um, and that gave me the freedom to then explore kind of like what did feel right. You know, and, and like that eventually changed. And I've spent Christmases with families um, more recently, but part of me is like, I have to feel okay with me and the people that really love and care about me will want me to do that. Right. The yeah. people who really love and care about me will want me to do what's right with me. They won't take things personally. They won't be angry at me. They won't whatever. They'll just really respect who I am and what's best for me. And they'll respect, they'll also like respect that I know what's best for me instead of being like, Oh, just come, you'll have a better time. Like you'll forget about it. Right. Like instead of them trying to tell me what they think is best for me too. Yeah. Cause like who knows what's best for you other than you. Yeah. So, like that was a long winded circular answer, but no. So the K yeah, there's a couple parts in there. So, um, I think, so when you were talking about the people thing, I think sometimes we don't realize that um we have people like I know sometimes I definitely when we're feeling lonely and it's like oh it's Christmas they won't want me to come over or whatever you know at first I was like oh who would I reach out to and I do have a close friend that I would you know 
I'm welcome at their home. Well, she's gone actually this Christmas, but, um, but you know, it's like, when I think about that, I, I know there's a lot of people that could call me that I'd be like, yeah, come over. Like I hate Christmas too. Basically, you know, yeah. like they, they could, you know, 6 PM or whatever. So I think sometimes we forget that there are people like our brain just kind of blocks it out. And then, you know, it's so interesting because when we're setting boundaries around Christmas and around what we want, it's so personal. Like when you talked about your your journey of like not wanting to be around family, I've actually found the opposite, especially in like um, boyfriend's dads, because I really struggled with my relationship with my dad. And it's been really healing to see like how a dad shows up and like how it, you know, like it's so like, I feel like almost the opposite, you know, and it, and it's so interesting because it's so personal. Right. Where, in, and that kind of shows me, it's like, oh, I do want to prioritize going to like my boyfriend's family's house or something, especially the dads, which is so interesting. Right. It's almost like, oh, I didn't have that. And so it's like, I want that when I can have it, you know, But it also was like when you were saying about like checking in with you and how you feel, I feel like I can't be me around my family. And that's what creates so much chaos and not, well, the chaos and the like feelings. And I don't know, you know, when we talk about boundaries too, it's always like, it's not black and white because I think that now I could show up more as me and I don't because I couldn't for whatever 30 years of my life or whatever right and so it's like kind of figuring out too like each year would be different like you said like at first you didn't want to go at all and then now sometimes you go yeah to family stuff like it just I think yeah that checking in time about like what do I even need here or what do I want or how does it feel well and also you know like there's a deep there's another aspect here like there's a deep respect in my relationship too like when I say that now I do sometimes oh, like with your husband, you mean? Yeah. With my husband, yeah. when I do say that sometimes I now go to family things, that's never my husband's family. Oh. Like I will never have another family dinner with him. I don't speak to my father-in-law. There's not a relationship there. There never right. will unless like something incredibly drastic happened. Like he called me at, or like or not even called me. Cause I wouldn't answer it. But like there was, there was some sort of like, there was some sort of effort made where there would be like a like accountability taken a plan for action like this is what's going to change because there was a huge rupture a couple of years ago yeah and um i you know i'm what's also really important is so i go to i have go to a friend's house who i kind of refer to as my kind of i call them my fake family i don't know why i call them my fake family but just <laughs> um but that's where i have ended up on christmas at my fake family's house and uh and um, I also am really protective of them. And so I don't let Luke come. I'm like, no, these people are mine and you need your own people. And I, and I, you know, like I said, part of me and part of this whole process is really honoring and not shaming any of the parts that I, as an adult look at, and I'm like, why are you such a psycho? Um, and just being like, well, that's okay. Cause that's what I need right now. So you talked about like needing a boyfriend's dad. Yeah. Right. Because we're looking for that hurt part to get what it needs, right? It's yeah. like, oh, that part so desperately needs that feedback. And I'm the same way, just differently, right? So I'm like with my fake family and they're like, oh, maybe Luke would like to come. And I'm like, oh, he can't, you know, like that's, he's not allowed basically. Yeah. And um, we have a guest. That's just like, <laughs> that's just, you know, and Luke and I, 
you know, are there moments where Luke would be like, man, it would be really nice if you came with me to my family's house and we could all be together. Sure. And we mourn those moments together, right? We're like, that sucks. It sucks. But at the end of the day, all he wants is for me to look after myself. And if that means not going there, it means not going there. And if he, if it means him not being able to come to my family's house, um, it means that. And I think that, yeah. you know, reflecting back on that, you know, we've had, he's come to like dinners at their house once in a while. I'm very particular about that. And he's certainly not allowed to come over on like big days like Christmas. But there's also this like conversation where it's like, he's able then to be like, oh, well, I'll just have dinner with you another night. Right. Like just because it's Christmas, um, that might trigger stuff for me that I need to process through. But he's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'll just we'll just go to dinner next week or like, you know, we'll meet them for dinner at a restaurant because sometimes I'm like, we have to meet at a neutral place. I don't want him to come to their house because that's my home and my space. And so we'll neutrally meet at a restaurant, <laughs> you know, and it's sort of yeah. just like, yeah, like, cool. Whatever you need to do, you need to do. And that shifted again, like, cause I really honored that part and I've given it what it needed. We've, I've sort of been able to share them more with him lately, which is only possible because I was so honoring that part that was like, no, this is my family. You stay away. You're not allowed to come over. You're not allowed to eat dinner here. You're not allowed to talk to them. Don't be friends with them. Don't even like have them on Facebook. Like you know, it was sort of like, yeah, that honoring that piece. You know, what's you, when you say that I had a friend ask me, she's like out of the relationship now, but her partner never wanted, like, they didn't spend Christmas together, like her boyfriend ever. And she was like, was that a red flag or like what, you know, he never wanted me to come there. And I think that the biggest thing is when we're navigating these boundaries with like, if say, if they're safe people who care about us is yeah. like, you talked about that with your husband. Like, yes. it wasn't just like a, oh no, I'm going, you can't come. Like it was a conversation and you let him know, Hey, I care about you. This has nothing to do with you. Yes. It has nothing to do with like that. You know, I'm not into the relationship or something. It's entirely my own stuff. And th these are the feelings that come up. And like, that's the kind of conversations that when we're, when we're setting boundaries, if we want to be flexible, we need someone who actually is open to having those conversations with us, right? Like, and, and then we can be flexible. Whereas I know I have a tendency to be flexible with people who like, don't really care how I'm feeling, you know, or like, don't, you know, aren't open to having the conversations and don't, you know, they're just whatever. And right. we need that kind of safe spaces to have those like flexibility and figuring out like, that's what's allowed you to then you know, invite him sometimes or figure out what works, right? Yeah. Like, oh, we'll go another night or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, I think the really critical part, like you said, is being able to hold safe space because like, you know, if he's like, Hey, it really sucks that we don't ever spend Christmas together. And we have, like, we've traveled over Christmas and like, we're going, we're going away for Christmas this year. We'll be together. Um, but like, you know, for him to be able to say to me, and he has said this to me before, he's like, you know, I feel really mad about the situation where we can't spend Christmas together. And and for me to be able to tolerate him being mad at me, well, not at me, but like at the situation and be like, yes, and I'm still going to go do my own thing. And he's like, yes, I'm mad and I'm still going to love you for doing your own thing, right? Holding the space to like, have those feelings or if he's like 
I'm struggling with you never spending Christmas together. It feels like you don't care about the relationship or you're hiding me or like whatever. That then we talk about what else needs to change in the relationship and where those feelings are coming from um, so that we I can still get what I need. That it's not about me caving just so we're fixing this thing that actually needs to be addressed elsewhere because the, the Christmas thing actually doesn't have anything to do with him. So we're not going to fix that by going. Right. I like, think or- that that's the biggest thing is like this, these holiday boundaries really have very little to do with Christmas and the holidays, you know, like even in that example that I gave, it's like my, that friend wasn't upset, you know, really over Christmas. That was a pattern in their whole relationship. You know, like it wasn't really about the season. It just brings it up. And that's what I've noticed lots in dating. It's like, we'll use that as signs when really it's like, oh, I'm not feeling that they're connected to me or I'm not feeling the commitment or whatever. Right. And then even with my family, like when I talked about it, it's like, oh, I'm not being me. And I feel like I, like, I don't know how to be me with them. And that's a bigger, way bigger thing than Christmas. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's so normal. Like that's such a normal, Mm. I talked to someone the other day um, and he's 40 and he goes home sometimes which is in a different province from where we live and um he said to me just literally yesterday he's like I feel like when I go home I just become my teenage self he's like I'm just a completely different person I go home and I just it's like without any conscious thought I behave like I did when I lived at home as a teenager and you know halfway through my visit I'm like my parents don't know who I am And it's like, I'm a completely different human being when I'm in Vancouver. And then he's like, I even pick up old habits. Like he'll go home and like do things that he used to do as a teenager and like engage in things. And he just, and then he leaves and he's like, what the fuck was that? Right. Sort of like this. We so, you know, when we go back into family of origin, we fall into origin habits, right? Like an origin patterns. And that's, that can be really triggering around Christmas time because not only do we fall back into old patterns and old habits but like everyone actually a little bit hates part of Christmas right like whether it's the stress right whether it's the stress with financial burden whether it's the time commitments whether it's like how are we gonna fucking answer racist uncle John when he's spewing off what are we gonna do when my aunt's like when are you gonna have a baby when are you gonna have a baby when right like on some level there's something that everyone I I'm sure in the on the planet could find something they were like I hate this. Do you know what's so interesting is I was hesitant to talk about, like I was like doing this work behind the scenes, thinking about the workshop being like, I hate Christmas. And then I met a friend for coffee yesterday and she's like, oh yeah, I I do too. And I think that we just don't talk about it. Like when you're, you know, I'm thinking of someone that I'm like, oh, they love Christmas. And I'm like, oh, they probably don't love everything about it. Like it's a lot of like expectations for Christmas and like showiness, like, oh, I, I need to, post my family pictures even though you know I need to like look happy and like I think when we start to actually talk about stuff then we figure out like how do I make Christmas work or not hate it at least you know like maybe I could like it if I like did some of these things right like you said you liked sitting at home eating your pizza like that was exactly what you wanted right yes and I think you know that's a lot of it a lot I think people would enjoy Christmas overall more if everyone was not only really conscious of their own boundaries but felt confident in putting those boundaries in right like in having and I also think that there's another aspect to this where 
on some level, I think people almost don't want to put their boundaries in around Christmas because then they'll kind of see through the cracks, right? Then it's sort of like, oh, actually my family isn't as supportive as I thought or, or, you know, anything that can sort of challenge a perception we have of a relationship can be really scary. Like I can't tell you the amount of people that I work with who come and they're like, I have a great relationship with my mom. We're best friends. I love her. And then like three months, three months in, they're like, I hate my mom. I'm so mad at her. And like, but feeling like they can't say that feeling so much guilt about being angry at their mom or so much guilt about, or like this just, but she did the best she could. And but right. Like we really have to reckon with this ability to be like, we might've had parents who like, you know, support us and maybe like pay for us to build garages and, and put us through school and through us great birthdays and like support us. But there is a level there of like, maybe it's a lack of emotional intelligence or it's a lack of skill or whatever, but having to face that at a time when it's supposed to be nothing but family can be really frightening. <laughs> like yeah. that's tough about being like, oh, you know, what if I did go home and say, you know what, mom, I don't want to be in the family photos this year. I don't want to wrangle my three screaming kids and try to force them all into like gross outfit. That's not fair. Christmas outfits. And, (laughs) you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to like wrangle everybody together and like try to get this picture because like the Christmas family picture might look cute, but every time we look at that, we know what that day was like. Right. And, and, and then the mom being like, Oh my God, like, right. Like, you know, maybe we don't want to face what that might look like and what that might kick up and what that might stir up. Do you know what, when you say that it's like, it's so, cause you know, it's like immediately like, Oh, but I don't want to make my mom feel bad. And like, I think sometimes that, um, our parents also don't want to face that their family isn't as perfect as they think it should be. And like, I know as a parent, um, it's, it can be really hard looking at that stuff where like I've looked back and I've been like, Oh, I, I really was not okay. I didn't treat Roman like my son, the way I would have wanted to, you know, like looking at that stuff is really hard. And it, it does like our brain does just want to be like, Oh, it's fine. We're just going to focus on, Oh, who, what do I need to buy this person? And like, Oh, what time is supper and what should we have for, you know, instead of like, Oh, this family isn't really working in the way we want it to work. And then we, we can't change it. I think too. You yes. know, like if we never look, we at least maybe can change it sometimes. Um, but if we don't look, we we just do the same thing over and over, right? Yes. And that's kind of the saddest thing is like, mm. you know, there's so much potential in sitting down and being like, I don't really want to do this. Tolerating the other person's reaction, that person tolerating hearing that you don't want to do something and then talking about what might be better and actually discovering that maybe no one wants to do that thing. Right. Or like, actually, it would be better if every if no, like, fuck having turkey, we're going to make Buddha bowls, like, you know, whatever, like if that actually no one wants to do it. But instead, because we're all sort of being like, oh, well, I don't want to rock the boat. Everybody's like trying to make all the dinners and trying to like get to the places and trying to buy the best gifts. And then everybody's crossing their financial boundaries, their conversational boundaries, their emotional boundaries, whatever, you know to meet a need that might not even be real. You know, it's so funny because literally for Thanksgiving, my mom, she doesn't really love cooking. Like it just isn't her thing. 
And like, there's a lot of, like, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, the house gets chaotic. And she was like, oh, I really want to do pancakes for Thanksgiving. And I was like, no, like, I'm not coming. Like, I just, like, I was just, you know, I'm like, no, I want turkey. Like for me, I love, I love those like turkey and cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes are like, yeah, I just, I love it. I love it. And so she's like, oh, and I don't like pancakes actually. So she's like, oh, I'll make pancakes. And I was basically like, no, you're making turkey and then you know and she did it like not resentfully you know but she was like okay like Robin you know I'll, I don't mind really but then I went to her house and I was just like man she this is so chaotic like her making the meal and nothing's coming out at the same time and I was just like oh this is chaotic and when you say that it's like oh yeah it's because she didn't even really like that's not her strength she didn't really want to do it and it's like it just doesn't really work you know like when we kind of get in these traditions of like oh this is how it should look and realizing now like you just saying that it's like oh like I could probably have cooked half that meal and it would have been a better time for me right or like we could have maybe just done ordered it from somewhere like there's lots of options but we just get in this thing of like no this is what it's supposed to look like this and I do want turkey and cranberry sauce you know that was my important part and then we're not having those conversations with her right like I you know, I'm just getting annoyed with her because she's chaotic instead of being like, oh, it seems like you're overwhelmed making this meal. <laughs> like, how can I help yes. next time? You know, but even, you know what, you know, the thing, too, about fluid boundaries is like good for you for being like, no, I wouldn't like pancakes. I would really like turkey. Mm-hmm. And then she could have been instead of people pleasing, she could have been like, listen, how can we make that work? Yeah. Can you do this and this and this, and I'll do this and this and this, or should we all pull some money in and order a takeout turkey dinner from White Spot? Or you guys don't have White Spot, um, from wherever? <laughs> Same like, place. Yeah, there yeah. was a turkey takeout dinner from White Spot here that I really wanted. Um, because <laughs> I also love turkey dinner. So, it, like, what a different experience it could have been if she was like, she, you know, she put out, I actually don't want to make turkey dinner, I want to make pancakes. And then the information she got back was like, well, no, I don't really want pancakes. I want turkey. And then instead of her just being like, I guess I'll just do this, even if it wasn't resentfully, her being like, you know, taking a minute to be like, oh, well, what was the reason I said I would make pancakes in the first place? Is it because I actually don't care about turkey or is it because I didn't want to make a turkey dinner? Right. Having that like respective, introspective chat and then being like, okay, listen. I don't mind, like, if you want to have turkey dinner, cool, but I'm not going to make all of it. So, like, do you want to divide it up between all the siblings? Is everyone going to bring two dishes? Is someone going to cook the turkey, right? Like, and then you could have taken that information in and be like, okay, what I'm learning now is that if I do want turkey, it means either I have to pay money for it or I have to put time into cooking it. Do I want to? And mm-hmm. then you might have been like, actually, you know what? Let's just have pancakes. Or, yeah, you know, we'll do this. Yeah. But if those conversations aren't happening... Then you get to this where it's like you go over there, it's fucking chaos. Things are coming out what left and right, everyone's scrambling, and you're like, actually, this is I would rather stay at home alone and order takeout turkey dinner. Like, yeah. And you know, too, it's I didn't even realize that she when you said that about people pleasing, that's exactly it. Cause she did mention a couple of times she was going on a big trip and she's like, I don't really have time to spend cooking all day, you know, but not she didn't like actually talk to me about it. It was just kind of passive and it wasn't even passive aggressive. It was just like, okay, that's my mom being my mom. And I think like in both, like I I think looking at that example, it's like I can be more honest about what I want and why. 
And I can also notice like not in an emotional labor way, but like, you know, in that moment, I kind of know that my mom probably will just go into the default. Like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I could ask more questions about it. Like I could have asked like, oh, why do you want to do pancakes instead or whatever? Right. Like both of those options. And they bring us closer, really. Like what I'm wanting is more close. That's what we all want is more closeness, I think. Right. And when we can have it, like when it's safe. And we get that when we actually talk about things. Yes. And like you said, I think, um, you know, we could, there's an, there's a thing there with, uh, you know, balancing the nuance of that emotional labor. Mm. So like, like you said, in a way that, cause there are times totally that my partner's like, you know, my husband will be like, whoa, what's happening for you right now? Right. Or like, like, oh, like your tone of voice isn't okay. Or like, I think you're shutting down, like cueing me basically about like when I'm not aware, but that can't be all the time, right? It shouldn't even be 50% of the time. Like it's sort of like this balance of inviting someone into the conversation, but not always having to do that work. And like, you know, depending on how they respond, right? Inviting them into a conversation, but also being like, you know, how is that going to go? Are they hostile? Are they open? Are they, you know, introspective enough and whatever? I'm going to ask Kesa, you know, that one of my things is, is I do too much work in the relationship. That's, you know, one of my things that I do, Um, which is great to know our tendencies, right? But I, so how though, like, okay, so if we just use that like simple situation of like my mom, if I don't do that emotional labor, then my option is just for the same thing. This is what keeps me and keeps me in this emotional labor cycle is like, then I'm like, well, then I have to just like put up with the chaos. Like, what do we do then? Do you know what I mean? Like in that situation, if I, because you're right, like I have done, like I've done a lot of emotional labor in my family. So even when I was expressing that of like, well, I could ask my mom or I could do whatever. I don't actually want to do that because I'm I'm sick of doing it because I've overdone it. Right. And so it's like, then how do you navigate and have more fluid boundaries? If, if the other person, you know, like, what do you do basically? (laughs) I think that for me, that comes down to a knowing yourself and then be being able to prioritize what's important. So like how I said that. I don't know why that happened. What the fuck just happened? I don't know. That was a really important thing you just said. Apparently. I'm not even close to the computer. Like that's okay. I don't know. Ghosts. Um, (laughs) But you know how I was like, hey, I paid attention to how I felt at previous family get togethers. Mm. And for me, we being like, I don't want to do Christmas. So I think with your mom, it's sort of like, you know, she's like, I, I'm going to do pancakes and you're like, I know that if I'm just like, no, I want Turkey, she'll just do it. Then now, you know what that looks like right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, when I, if she's going to make Turkey, it's going to be chaotic. Everyone, it's going to all come out differently. It's all going to be scrambled. So then it becomes about like, what's actually important. Is it more important for you to get Turkey and tolerate the chaos Or is it more important for you to just to be with your family and maybe you eat pancakes or can you come up with like, like, or if you don't want to do that emotionally where we invite her into that conversation, is it something where you're just like, I'm just going to create my own turkey dinner? Like, actually, I'm not coming. 
right? Like really prioritizing what you're actually going over there for. Yeah. And you know, when you say that is like, you know, really looking at the reality because you're like, you can have, if your mom's going to make the turkey, there's going to be the chaos. And like, I think sometimes we, well, my mind, why I do the labor is I'm trying to get her to make the turkey and have it not be chaotic. Like I'm calling it emotional labor, but really when you break it down like that, I'm trying to change her and not accept that that's the situation. Like I'm like, well, she shouldn't be chaotic and she should make me the turkey and right. you know instead of just like no that's my mom just can't do that right. like that's the reality right and that's yeah that's so interesting it's just that acceptance right and for me it's like I really want the turkey honestly like I'll put up with the chaos and I'll get my plates and like I need that turkey so right yeah well and that's like you said that's sort of just like that's then what you're choosing yeah and that's and that's you know I think that that's really important is being able to acknowledge what the priorities are so that we can set the boundary based on the priority. So at our last workshop, we talked about figuring out what the priority is mm. before we like set the boundary because the priority will influence the boundary, right? You know, in Christmas's past, my priority was to have as calm and as like safe and of, a mon- of an emotional day as I could on Christmas. So I was alone because oh. being alone as a disorganizedly attached person is the safest. And so for me, it was like, no, the priority was safe, calm, detached and and detached for me is safe, right? Like avoidance are sort of like, and so that was the priority. Did I want turkey dinner? Absolutely. But I sure wasn't going to sacrifice or risk emotional safety to get turkey. There were times later on in that journey where it was like, you know, I dipped into dinner with my fake family got the turkey and then sometimes left early and sometimes it was fine. And some, you know, and sometimes like it went whatever, but it was sort of playing with what's actually really important for you. And without, like you said, without sort of doing that emotional labor piece, unless there's a long history of cooperative approach to that. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like emotional labor when it like when you described how you and Luke were talking about it and there's a back and forth. Yeah. You know, when I'm in those situations, that doesn't feel like emotional labor to me. Like, I mean, I know it's work, but it doesn't feel I don't get resentful. I feel resentful when I'm really just trying to change the person and like get them to do it my way. And, you know, doing that work when they're not open and they're not reciprocating back and forth. Um. It's so interesting when you say the values, because it's like, oh, I really value that turkey. And like, I would rather go and have that turkey for a couple, like, that's what it holidays are to me is those special meals. And so it's like, I'd rather do that and then leave early, which is what I did on Thanksgiving, because it gets too chaotic for me after a while. And and knowing that is like, okay, like, that's fine, then that's just what I'm choosing. Is that meal that special like holiday meal is what's important. Yeah. And also that, 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 um, permission for that to be okay. Mm, Cause yeah. Cause that's hard. Cause I'm like, whoa, I really like, I want to make a joke about like being food motivated and like, oh, I, I value Turkey more than my emotional safety. And it's like, that's not really what's happening. It just, that's no. really meaning to me is the food around holiday. Like that's the most important part to me. So that's why I value yeah. it so high. Right. Yes. And not getting confused about like, or not, not allowing yourself to really love and enjoy that part of the holidays um, for any other reason than that's what you love and enjoy about the holidays. And also being fluid enough to be like, it might be different next year, 
right? Like it might be mm-hmm. what, what's important to me might change next year or in a year or in two years or, or when I have kids or get married or when I divorce or right or whatever, that as life changes, these things are fluid and they'll change with it. That just because food's the most important thing this year and maybe the year before and the year before doesn't mean it will be next year. But if we don't feed the things that are important to us, we will just get our wires crossed more, right? It'll just, mm-hmm. we'll just be forcing things. And to not let, I just had a conversation too the other day with someone where there was an issue in a family and she was like, oh, it's just this material item. Like it was like, it was like something where she was upset about a, an item of Christmas and, and she was like, mad because she's like oh at herself she was just like oh it's just this thing like it's just this it's just it's just a material thing it's so material it's so superficial but actually the issue was a, a, a very important boundary crossing that was happening and it was just looking like this issue at the top and so to really take a moment to step back about being like you know it's not about the present or the christmas tree you know if it's if you think that the christmas tree is really bothering you you should probably take a step to be like, what's actually happening about the Christmas tree, right? Because it's never really the Christmas tree is never like whatever, yeah. that it's something that's happening underneath and that that deserves being paid attention to. And no one can tell you that that shouldn't be an important thing or that shouldn't be what you value or that shouldn't be a big deal. Only you get to decide that. That comes again back to people being like, society, whatever, being like, oh, this is what should be important. It's like, no, you're an autonomous human being. Like you get to decide what's important about stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, when you learn so much about yourself too, like when you're saying that it's like, like, I love Turkey, but it's more about the, like the acts of service, like from the love languages, you know, where it's like, that's like, my parents couldn't really, um, there was no emotional support really there wasn't and so you know but like um things like that they could do like that was the one you know like my dad would fix my car like things like that were the little ways that I did feel love so it's like oh it's not even really I do love turkey and cranberry but it's yeah it's so interesting it's deeper when we're talking about boundaries too it's it's like you know that feeling of like like when we kind of talk through this stuff with my mom it's like oh I have choice yeah. And I think that's what we're missing sometimes like to, you know, going to the holidays and like, it feels like chaos. It feels like I have no choice. It feels like, you know, when, when we really step back, it's like, oh, I, I do actually, you know, that's really our, what our boundaries are. Right. It's like, what do I want here? Like you've described it as like, what do I want in my life and not in my life? And like, what, how do, how do I want this to go down? Like, what do I need? And that's what it's about instead of like, oh, I need my mom to not ask me about whatever. It's like, no, it's so much deeper than that. Right. It's like, how do I really care for myself? Yeah. And, and just, you know, again, that kind of like, you know, this sort of like knowing yourself Mm. right enough to be like, what's right for me, what's not right for me, what feels good, what not feel good. And that requires also like being tuned in, right? Like being able to be tuned in to the cues that we have that something's not okay. And I also think like, I'm actually, you know, when I think about the workshop, I'm sort of like, it feels really exciting for me to be able to be like, Hey, we need to first identify when a boundary is being crossed. Right. We need to yeah. first be able to identify like, Oh, what's happening here means that this is not okay. And then realizing that, like you said, we have different options to respond to different 
thinks around the holidays and that the and that you know that if any part of you is worried about any aspect of the holidays that likely means it's a boundary issue because so many things come back to boundary issues so many things like we said the seven the seven aspects of or the seven types of boundaries yeah it's basically every part of our life yeah. Can we, what did, do you have that? You have that list in front of you, right? For the seven. I do. Yeah. I do. Cause that's what we'll talk about in the workshop is like, we'll look at that and like identify and figure out like, what is, what are these issues here? Like what, you know, and I think providing a space where there is no shame, where everyone's talking about like, yeah. maybe you love, you know, like you said, maybe you love most of your Christmas or something, but there's this, like, you know, one of them is going to be like financial boundaries, maybe around gift giving you dread looking at your visa in January, because it's right. just like, you know, I love the family. I love all that stuff, but like, I just overbuy or I, whatever. Right. So we'll be looking at all of those things. So what are, what are those seven kind of areas we're going to look at? Yeah. So, um, the first one is mental. So it's basically the freedom to have your own thoughts, values, and opinions. Mm. So the ability to be like, you know, when you think about this, I think I imagine this like around a Christmas table or like, you know, as you're kind of mingling where it's just like, you know, if, I'm just going to talk in extremes because that's more safe for people typically to hear. Um, if I'm like, I think everybody should just be able to be who they are all the time. And someone's like, I'm a member of the KKK. Um, that, you know, that, that person, that's a bet. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this is okay. So this is where I kind of get stuck because I think there are things that it's like, okay, to like, I'm like a, yeah, like there are things that you can just agree to disagree on, like pizza toppings. Yeah. Then there, are, but I'm like, no. If your belief system is like actively responsible for killing people, like that's not a like whatever. Like we, there's no, you can't. I don't respect that perspective. So maybe that's a little bit too intense. But like the ability to whatever have your opinion. Let's say you're like, I don't want to have kids, right? Where that's not like your choice to not have children doesn't affect anybody. It's sort of like, or it doesn't hurt anybody, is what I should say. So, you know, for you to be able to go to Aunt Betty and be like, oh, you know what? I think I'm not going to have children. And for her to be like, okay, like, you know, and maybe yeah. to space for her to express some sadness, like, oh, I really wanted to be an aunt or whatever. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean she doesn't completely accept and re respect that decision or something like that, where it's like, you get to feel the internal freedom to be who you are, to express who you are. And for that to be accepted and respected is basically mm. like a mental boundary. Yeah. Um, and then I like there's emotional. So how emotionally available you are. So this is sort of like really respecting that internal um, emotional landscape of, I can't hold space for your stuff right now. Mm. Right. Like I can't hold space for your stuff right now. And also being able to be like, you know, and this is something that I also hear, like when parents call their children to talk about their parent, like marital issues, it's just like such a no, no, like just that should never happen ever. That is like not a thing that is okay. Um, you know, and for you to be able to yeah. be like, you can't, this is that because it, it puts children in a horrible adult children, it, it, all children in a yeah, horrible, yeah. right. And, and it's sort of, you know, for you to be able to be like, listen, I'm not going to talk to you about this. You need to find somebody else to talk about it. And or that's like my, yeah, my son. So he's almost 20. So he's more like kind of, you know, almost an adult. 
Um, and yeah. he did that, like when I was talking about stuff with, so we have like in our family, it's we like going to therapy or coaching or whatever is like something we do. So it's like very, you know, normalized between mm -hmm. us. Um, but he was just like, oh, I think you need to talk to someone about that. Like when I was talking about stuff just around my dad and it wasn't even that, you know, it really had to do, well, it probably did have to do with him now that I'm like pausing for a second, but yeah, you need to be able to tell people like, Hey, this isn't like, you know, it was really loving of him both yeah. to me, like, Hey, I think you're not okay. Actually, you know, he, he knows me pretty well. And to him, like, yeah. I don't need to process your, my grandpa that died, you know, <laughs> like it was, right. it's actually really, really healthy to be able to do that. Yes. And with, and, you know, and again, the fluidity of being like, yeah, some days you can call and be like, your girlfriends can call and be like, Oh, this person, blah, 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 blah. Or my boyfriend, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And some days it's like, listen, you know, either I can't talk right now. I'm not going to, I'll call you later. Or it's ignoring the call and sending a text being like, I can't talk right now. I'll talk, talk to you later. Or being like, listen, um, if you just want me to listen, I will, but I can't give any constructive feedback right now. Like so many layers of like, what's possible emotionally for you, like how yeah. available and really respecting that when you're full, you're full. Right. Like, yeah, this is insane. I just like, I have it, you know, this is when we think about it this way too, it's like, there's such a pressure in the self-help thing to be like, oh, you need to be emotionally available. You need to be emotionally available. And it's like, just, <laughs> I love your eye roll. Like, it's really, because I know sometimes I'm not, and I know, you know what, I get into fights sometimes with my boyfriend about that not fights, but like, I make it mean something like I'll call him at work and I, he's answered the phone, but I can tell he doesn't want to talk to me. He's just busy working on a fi like file or something. He's not emotionally available in that moment. And like, when I just realize, oh, that means nothing about me, then it doesn't become an issue. You know, he's because like, I know if I call him later after work, we can talk about the issue. And if I'm like, Hey, I really need you right now. He'll pay attention. But like realizing that, oh, we're not like, he's busy, you know, well, also, or whatever. Like that's another thing too here is that I'm going to pick on this a little bit. Yeah. You know, his job is to communicate that he's not available. Yes. It's not yeah. the way that you have to then mind read that. Yeah. Yeah. Because boundaries create safety. How much safer would it have been for you, for you to call him at work and him be like, listen, I'm totally swamped right now. Is this really important? I can give you a minute. If it is, I really want to hear if it's important, but if it can wait, I would so like, can we please, can I call you after work? And you'd be yeah. like, oh, right? The safety created by him putting in a boundary about being like, if this is urgent, I'll absolutely give you my time. But if not, I'm drowning here. Yeah, you're so right. Because I know I do that too, where I'm not direct, where, you know, I'm like scrolling on my Instagram. I did it the other night. My son called and like, I'm like, oh, I need to answer and I need to whatever. But I was just really tired, you know, instead yeah. of kind of being like, oh, I really like talking to you. I'll see you when you come or whatever. Like, not having that pressure of like, oh, I need to be emotionally available all the time. That's basically where that is coming from, right? Is like, I have to be available all the time or else yeah. I'm bad or something, right? Right. And like yeah. you said, the self-help kind of field, which is just like, you know, yes, you have to be with someone who is emotionally available. Yeah. But not like emotionally available enough to put in the boundary around being emotionally available, right? Like being able oh, to- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, like that's huge. Right. Because being emotionally available really just sort of means it doesn't mean that it emotionally available doesn't always mean like being able to hear and take in and be responsive, whatever. Emotionally available means being like, yes, I can listen to you or no, I can't right now, but I will later. Right. Like that's like 
both of those things are emotionally available because you're either filling someone's cup by being available in terms of like taking in information yeah. or you're filling someone's cup by being like creating the safety of being like, I'm emotionally intelligent, smart, whatever enough to be like, no, I can't do this right now, but I'll catch you later. Yeah. Right? I've honestly those- never thought about it. Like, this is also why, like, this is a little plug for a workshop, but like, honestly, a per- you can't learn this stuff on your own. Like, no. like, it's like, it's not just like, oh, you know, when we say like about checking in with our boundaries, it's not like you can just be like, oh, I just need to check in with how I'm feeling. More. I shouldn't say it in that voice, but like, it's not useful. But when you're saying like, this is, you know, stuff like this, where you're like, oh, Robin, like you're thinking of emotional availability as always being available to listen. And that's not what it is. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, and like, you know, I'm really looking. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like it, there's this catch 22 where it's like, you know, people who are really trying to work on this stuff, they'll follow those kind of Instagram accounts and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like the, the tough, and I even find that when I write my own social media content, it's really hard to do blanket statement, Instagram things because mm-hmm. everything is so nuanced. So it's like, yeah. Do you need to date someone emotionally available? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like, unless you then have the time to like really break that down, which no one really does on Instagram and no one loves to read like 10 pages on Instagram. It's sort of like the best that you can do to be like, yep, yeah, it's really important that someone's emotionally available. But like to get into the nitty gritty, it's like, what does that really mean? Right? Like it is that it doesn't mean yeah. being available all the time because that's, that's a disaster for anybody. Like that, that's not, you're just betraying yourself and then you'll get resentful. Yeah. And then people don't treat you the same way you're mad. Like it's just the worst. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the honesty is really what create, like, that's the biggest thing that creates safety. Like you said, like, that's what we really want is like, I really want him to tell me, oh, I'm really busy right now for me. And in our relationship too, it's actually like, yeah, I would prefer that is him to be like, oh, I'm really busy. And then I yeah. can tell him, you know, then we can navigate that and be like, oh, I really need you actually your other thing isn't important you know that's not my decision but you know I can like like share with him oh this thing happened I need to talk it out or whatever yes and that like you said you know if you put it I try to explain boundaries in terms of creating safety like you know even with little kids you know they're always sort of testing and what they do with their testing which is like yelling tantruming like doing the same thing looking you in the eyes and doing the thing that you just told them not to do right like all the testing is they're looking for the walls Because it's Mm. sort of like, you know, I'm in this tiny room right now. I know exactly how I can move my body in this room. I know what I'm capable of doing in this room. You know, I know that I probably can't do an ice skating routine in this room. That's not going to happen for me. And so I can't, I'm not going to expect or set myself up to do that because I'll fail. I know that I can sit and do a podcast in this room. You know, if I'm in a gym and someone's given me a bike, I can do a lot more in that gym with a bike than I could do with a bike in this room. If I had a bike in this room, it would be very crowded. It would be getting into my space. I couldn't do anything with it. I would maybe sit on it. But if I'm in a gym, something I can ride it around, blah, blah, blah. But if you put me in like, you know, on the top of a hill with a bike, on the top of a mountain, suddenly I have no real idea what that's going to look like, right? Unless I've gone down the mountain before, or whatever. Or if you put me in a fictionalized, you know, like, have you seen the matrix? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember when they're like plugged into the computer and they're just in a white blank space and then all those like racks of guns appear or like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting in the chair. 
if we were in a space, so for those of you who haven't seen the matrix, I'm sorry. If we were in like an, an, just like a space with no boundaries, like we were just sitting and there was nothing around us. There was just emptiness, like no floors, no walls, no, no ceiling, no ground, nothing. It was just empty space. That would be really fucking terrifying. We would have no idea what we can do. We have no idea. Like if we can walk, right? Like it's sort of just like, there's nothing, there's no feedback to be like, what's possible for us. So we're frozen or we're like scrambling around, right? It's just like, we really need someone to create walls for us so that we know what to do so that we're not in this blank space being like, was that a whisper or was it the sound of something coming or like, is some a bomb going to go off, right? Like when we have to interpret other people's non-actions or non-words like it's so much more oh, terrible. like where their boundaries are too yeah because like if yeah. someone's telling me then I have to be like I could tell he didn't really want to talk to me and that's only possible because you know him yeah. but even then you know that would be really hard to not internalize you'd have to be like oh but that's okay it's not personal he's just busy right there's so much more work there than if he was just like is this an emergency or can I wait I'm busy you know, when it's funny when, cause that we already talked about that, where I tend to just do the work. Like, and I know that's my tendency and that's a way it, like I had to do that a lot is why it's happened. But like, it's so interesting because I don't even consider asking him if I, if I like, you know, probably after this, I will have that conversation and be like, Hey, I'd really like you to just tell me when you're, but you know, can we like, you know, what if I asked him of that, he would do that and it would be good for him actually too. And me, you know, but instead, I think we end up in this place where like, if you're like me, where you're just like, well, I'll just do it all because I'm used to, you know, relationships where like, if I ask that they won't do it anyway, or they'll be resentful or like, it doesn't even seem like an option in our mind sometimes right. to do that. Like, it's so interesting when we, okay, we got to continue with the list. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like monetary decisions, giving or lending to others. So material is sort of like the finance stuff, right? How much are we mm. going to spend Christmas what's our what's our budget respecting like even material I would say would go into things like how much I like how many items are we going to bring into the house like what are we going to have in our space oh, with kids that's a big thing you know like how much are the grandparents buying the kids and Gross then it's coming in yeah. yeah so anything that's like related to you respecting your own um financial space your own financial safety your own physical like even buying furniture or buying cars, like things that are like, hey, this is going to impact physical space in our life or take away from resources. So anything that's kind of resource related mm. and stuff, money, that kind of thing. And then internal, which is self-regulation, energy expended on self versus, versus others. So that's sort of like the internal, again, kind of similar to emotional, except it's sort of like, it's more, I think, related to energy where it's like emotional for me feels more like, like, this is how I'm available to you. And internal is like, what do I need for me? So how much energy, like, am I going to go out and be social? Is that what I need right now? Or do I need to stay home? Like, you know, do I need to have a long walk or do I need to have a shower? I would even say things like, you know, like, do I need to work less? Do I need to work more? Like, what, it does work fill my cup or does it drain me? Like, does it matter? Do I need to like things where it's like really getting familiar with that internal landscape? Yeah. So like Christmas, it'll be, you know, sort of like how many social things do you want to engage in, right? Like how many, like how, what do those social things, do they take from you? Do they not take from you? Do you get energy? Do they take energy? Like really being 
aware, like, do you want to watch 800 Christmas movies? Or are you like, that's too much for I me, do. right? Hallmark. <laughs> oh 800, Georgia. I'll fly oh. out to see you. <laughs> the whole trope of like successful businesswoman gives up everything to become barefoot and pregnant in a small town is not my look. Life. We're just gonna ignore that and enjoy our Christmas movie. This is gonna be what is what is that a conversational boundary or like what? No, that was the one where we can have different opinions. <laughs> yeah, the mental one. Yeah, but then so the next one is conversational, where it's like topics <laughs> that you do and don't feel comfortable discussing. So like yeah. really holding boundaries around dinner table or like when you're mingling or whatever about like. If you feel comfortable, so being sort of like having a disorganized attachment, nothing feels frightening for me conversationally. So I love to be like, oh no, I'm never having kids. Luke had a vasectomy when Rex was like five months old. And people are just like, okay. And I'm like, I didn't take his last name. I never will. I'm not property. And I just watching people's reactions is my favorite thing. Yeah. So, you know, that for me is like not an issue. But for some people holding ground in, I don't want to have kids. I don't know when I'm going to meet a partner. I don't know if I want to stay married. Um, I don't know if I, you know, like, um, I don't know if I I might quit my corporate job to like open a flower shop, all those things. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I like to talk pretty freely about money. Um, I think it's important. Like it's one of my values. I think it's important. I think the more we talk about money, the more people do better with money. Yes. But when I bring it up with my mom, we fight every time. Like that conversation doesn't go well. And so I think that's one of my boundaries that I'm learning is like, she's just not the person for me to talk. Like, I know where it's going to go. I know it's going to, you know, she's going to tell me to go get a corporate job. I just know we've done it, you know, and kind of then, you know, if I really want to connect with her, that's just not something right now. And that like, that can change. But like, I know like over Christmas, it's like, just talk about my cats or something else you know we can talk about actually lots of really meaningful stuff but not that and I think knowing that and like another one too with her like anything around weight loss and diet very triggering both ways and it's just like I it just is not it's not useful for either of us right now for where we're at right to have those conversations so knowing that and just I one of the things I didn't know is that you can actually not talk about something and intentionally change the topic like I, I thought that that was rude or like whatever for a long time. And it's like, no, I can just decide to like, you know, talk about whatever my cats or something. I can't think of anything else, but yeah. <laughs> Hallmark well, movies. <laughs> you know, the thing with being rude is that, you know, rudeness doesn't stem typically from, doesn't typically stem from just like one person just like doing their thing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, it's this interaction, right? Like no one typically stands in the middle of the room just saying things, like shouting things out loud, right? Like typically, you know, shitty Uncle John doesn't come over and and stand in the middle of the room by himself and are like, the gay shouldn't be allowed to get married, right? Like that happens engaging in other conversations. Yeah. So like, for me, I'm sort of like, people are like, well, it's rude just to walk away. I'm like, it's rude to not get respected, like, the, like, you know, yeah. walking away, like, it doesn't need to be, you know, it, it can be, you know, Uncle John being like, I don't think gay should get married. And you just being like, nope, <laughs> right? Like, peace and right out of that. It can be. But actually, if you think about the things that you're walking away from, typically they are things, and this comes back to when I was like, hey, it's okay to disagree, agree to disagree about things like pizza toppings or Hallmark movies. It's yeah. not okay to disagree, to agree to disagree about things that like ne- negatively impact someone's life. So it's sort of like, 
you know, if you have a dad who's like old school blue, who's like, oh, like unions suck. And if people like millennials are just lazy and like, you know, people nowadays, government workers, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's rude. Yeah. Like walking, removing yourself from a conversation where like your parent or someone is like, I refuse to acknowledge late stage capitalism, current economy, how like we don't have that same life and how deeply that impacts us. That's rude. And that's, you know, when like I describe it as like, oh, we just can't talk about money, but it's like, that's what it is, is she's really invalidating around like it was different when she was growing up. And like, we've had really different circumstances. And like, I just, it just like, it's, yeah, she's not supportive around that stuff at all. And so it's like, it's, it's okay for me to just be like, that's not, we're not talking about that. And I struggle with that because I like to be really open about money. But it's also like an acceptance piece of like right now where we're at, I that conversation doesn't go well. So why why do I need to keep replaying? You know, like there's just no point. Like yeah. we can and may, at some point we can maybe talk it through, but not I don't want to do that at Christmas dinner time. You know, like honestly, that's just not what I want to do that. So no. And you know, again, coming back to the boundary not being about changing her, mm. it's a boundary about you protecting your own energy there, like protecting yeah. your own energy landscape right that on like that conversational space of I don't want to I don't want to you know I don't want to argue with my mom about this or I don't want to have to you know there is something I think particularly cruel about trying to explain your reality to someone who is just discounting it yeah it's like what what you know what kind of fucked upness is it for you to be like I'm really struggling financially and you know, could I fix it? Could I fix the financial issue alone? Sure. I could go out and get a corporate job. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's not the point. The point is that I'm robbed of my ability to do what I love or do what I want to do in a way that supports my life because of the economy, because of yeah. the, the state of the world. That's the issue is like, no, if you took two seconds to try to understand my perspective and really listen to my experience, then you would understand that like, you know, like I could wake up tomorrow and become a neurosurgeon in several years and make a ton of money. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Right. Yeah. Like that's a big thing is, you know, like people, I was talking to someone recently where I was like, I'm really angry that I can't, that I, I can't even foresee. And I don't, I don't typically do this. I typically am like, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. Maybe I'll be a helicopter pilot. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I cannot literally foresee ever being able to buy a house in Vancouver. I just can't mm. do that. You mm-hmm. know, we need 20% down here. The cheapest house in this vicinity is like 2.2 million or something like that. So we need like $400,000 down. I don't think I've ever had $400,000 in my life. Yeah. Um, even like, it feels like even cumulatively, I'm just like, I don't want, you know. Yeah. Like, and how then, do you save that? Like, that's just like, yeah. Yeah. It, it just feels impossible. And I was like, you know, it really, really sucks that I, I, I'll never, I can't imagine buying a house. I'm really angry that I can't, you know, I make good money. I have this good job, yeah. you know, in my parents' lifetime, I should have been, I should have owned six houses. Like that should have been a possibility for me. And the person was like, well, you could just move back to Regina. And I was like, yes, I could. I could probably buy a $600,000 house and have 10,000 square feet of room in Regina. I don't want to live there. 
Like the, that's the whole point. I just like, okay, like, I would, we're, this is such a good conversation. And there's, cause the, the level of connection and I, I just want to kind of pause because it's like, that's because I do the same thing. Like I would jump in and be like, oh, but Georgia, maybe if you moved and saved on rent for a bit, then you could save. But it's like, no, like you'd have to live till you're 4,000 years old to anyway. Like, but I can the, just stop drinking Starbucks and then have a down payment in 700 years and then buy my house. I'm going to go get one after this now that you said Starbucks. But like the, it's about the connection, you know? And with my mom, it's so interesting because I don't know that I felt as seen as when you just reflected back to me. It's like, yeah, I know that there's things I could go do, but it's yeah. not about that. It's actually about like more about just the frustration and the like, oh, I'm, tr- I'm working on this dream and it's taking much longer than I thought. And there's, you know, my energy around it is it's, it's completely overwhelming at times and like very, it's the most important thing to me almost too much. And like, it's just, it's not about the money, you know, yeah. but when she jumps to the money and like, what are you doing? You're spending too much, cut your spending. It's like, I, I want to be like, I just go away, you know, like, yes, yes. like it's very That's hurtful. Yeah. And even like around time and stuff. And we don't realize we're doing that sometimes, you know, when we're on the other side of like, it's actually about the connection. And it's not about like the, you know, trying to jump in and solve their problem and whatever. Like it's, you just want to be able to talk about it. You know why that conversational boundary is so important because it protects us from people who are disinterested in connection, right? Or can't give up, right? It's sort of like, you know, that boundary is important because if someone was really interested in hearing and understanding why you don't want to have kids or you're trying to make this dream job work and you can't, you won't feel the need to have a boundary there because that person will just be deeply interested, right? It won't stress you out to think about meeting Uncle John because Uncle John's actually like, oh, you're gay, cool. That's so exciting. When am I going to meet your partner, right? You're not sitting at home being like, how am I going to face this person at dinner? Yeah, or even, you know, what's so interesting when you say that is like, even if Uncle John was like, you know, I'm not sure about this being gay thing yet, but I really care about you and I want to know more like that even is a step of like, there's an opening there, right. Of like, okay. Like I, you know, it's not just like just the judgment and stuff. And you know, with the money thing, it's like that it's like, there's no, there's not that deep interest. It's like, no, I'm uncomfortable. I need to just, we need to not talk about this. You need to solve it so that I can be more comfortable. Like it just, yeah, it's so big. Okay. What, what else is on our list? Or no, sorry. The last two. So physical. So really like kind of the more straightforward, like, um, someone touching you, wanting you to be in family photos. Mm. Um, and I would even go so far as to say, like, you know, kind of like, uh, things like privacy, like respecting your privacy around, um, you know, wanting some time alone in a room or needing a break or going outside or like, you know, like, my mom really loved to come into the bathroom while I was in the bath all the time. Right. Like, and it was sort of like what I, I was less like, there was a lot of fluidity there for me, but it's sort of like the ability to be like, don't do that. Or, you know, like, you know, that I need the space in here or like, um, breastfeeding moms, like some don't care and some want more space. like mm-hmm. that no one comments, touches, interacts with your body in a way that you don't want them to. Um, this, you know, 
this is another one where it's like, this is actually a little bit more conversational, but like no one commenting on your body, how it's changed the shape of it, what it looks like, what it can do. So this can even like, you know, range into things that are like, oh, you should probably like work out more so that you can have more muscles so that you can be whatever, right? Like, like anything that's sort of commentary on bodies is like, you know, like that's like, that's that you can be like, no, this is not okay for me. Yeah. Um, even like sitting like squished on a couch, like some people don't want to sit squished on the couch. They don't like that kind of sensation and being able to be like, you know, everyone, come sit together, come sit together. It's like, no, I don't want to. And then that's okay. Right. Or, or whatever sitting kids, kids. Oh my God. Grandparents kissing toddlers, kissing kids, hugging them. Come sit on my lap. Oh, kids yeah. Be like, no, I don't want to be kissed. I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be hugged. Yeah. Right. That, you know, getting a present doesn't mean I have to go hug the person, like all sorts of kind of, um, that we are in complete in control of our bodies and that nobody else is. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> time. So like time's the last one to be like, how much time are you going to spend with someone or doing something? So like, you know, maybe you don't really want to go to your work Christmas party, but you do, it does feel somewhat important to be a team player. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to breeze in. I'm only going to stay 30 minutes and then I got to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, yeah. or I'm going to come, you know, if your family's like, we're going to have brunch at 9am open gifts, and then we're going to go for a walk. And then we're going to make this like sandwich lunch. And then we're going to start getting right. And you're like, listen, I'm going to come for opening presents and I'm going to leave or I'll come for the dinner part, but I'm not going to come for the day part or like what, whatever, like this is, you know, being able to really freely put boundaries in around what kind of time you're spending, or I'm going to commit to five social things this year and that's it. You know, or I'm only going to go to something if it's like, if it's something after work that I can breeze into and then not like really honoring the like time aspect of Christmas of holidays. Cause holidays are always like this crazy time that everyone has a million things to do. Yeah. And like, it's so interesting when you say that it's like really checking in about it. Cause I know based on past experience, I get kind of like a restless, weird feeling after I've been with my family for a certain amount of time. And I don't want to be there anymore. That's basically right. And so kind of knowing that it's like, oh yeah, that happens after about six hours or four hours, depending on what's happening. And so making a plan ahead of time and be, you know, like checking in and being like, that's what happens every time. And then if I want to stay, I want to stay. That's fine. Like you said, it can be fluid, but having that plan can be really helpful. And that's what we'll do in that boundaries workshop is really taking the day to go through it because it changes. Like, it's not really about Christmas. It's about how do I like start setting boundaries and like creating what I want and like really choosing instead of going in with those emotions that I talked about, about Christmas, where it's like, it feels chaotic. It feels like I have no control. I just dread the whole thing. Like I don't, you know, and then when we start talking about stuff, it's like, oh, I really look forward to the meal actually. (laughs) Right. Like that's right. Like I really, that's important to me. Right. Things like that and figuring it out. Yeah. 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 I think that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I think that, is there anything else that you have to add? We touched on a lot of stuff. No, there's so much things to talk about that. I think at some point we just have to call it like at some point. We yeah. <laughs> okay. We are, we could talk all day. So that's why we're having the workshop all day. That's and right. there's lots of like time for interaction and asking questions. And like, it's really about like these conversations, right. And figuring things out for you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks Georgia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
So if you want in on that Boundaries Workshop, it's in person, Regina, Saskatchewan, November 11th, a Saturday from nine to four. And we're going to be talking about like how to identify the boundaries, how to know when it's a boundary issue, what's keeping us from implementing those boundaries. And we're really going to help you come up with a plan for this Christmas. You're going to get super intentional. You're going to learn how to check in with yourself and you're going to get feedback from both Georgia and I so that you're not just trying to do this by yourself. You're not just thinking you should know how to have a better Christmas. You're really going to be able to take the time to learn it. So if you're interested in that, send me an email, robin at robinmichon.com, and I can send you all of the information for you to sign up.